<laughs> oh my god, I hate you. So, what is going on, everybody? We got another episode of the uh, the B and J and J show. As uh, Jackson again is here in the studio with us, uh, giving us some hot takes and you know correcting Josh when he's wrong. But um, never. So this is the second episode that we're going to be recording today because, as I said in the last episode, I will be out of town next week. Um, so yeah, we're going to try to keep that same energy and uh, hopefully not just uh, go flat. But today, which I know a lot of people might find boring, I'm going to be talking about the MLB trade deadline because. A whole lot of people. Yeah. Okay, Josh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nobody. Everybody wants to hear Josh's hot takes for the Saints season, where he thinks they're going to go undefeated. I did not say that. Uh, okay. So, as I said, I am Blake Purser, your amazing host, my good friend from Staten Island, Josh Ferrari, the Italian stallion is here, and my Norwegian water polo player, U.S. soldier is here, Jackson Sloan. Just happy to be here. Just happy to be here, as always. Uh-huh. <laughs> so today we got, we're going to talk about the MLB trade deadline because it was probably... The most tumultuous day in Major League Baseball history. Um, I have never watched a trade deadline that had this many huge players on the move. Um, I mean, it was absolutely insane. Everybody was making key acquisitions for that postseason push. And I would say, in my opinion, the biggest name on the move was three-time Cy Young winner, which for those of you who don't know, that is the best pitcher in the American League or the National League, each league gets one. So, three-time Cy Young winner and World Series winner Max Scherzer, Mad Max, is heading from the Nationals of D.C. Jackson, that they are in the the district. Yeah, yeah, district of Columbia. Not the state. Yeah. Is heading from the Nationals to the Dodgers. As we know, the rich get richer, as always. The Dodgers always seem to pull out an amazing deal at the deadline. And they get... Probably the best pitcher in the entire league to pair alongside with the other best pitcher in the entire league, Clayton Kershaw, who is also a three-time Cy Young winner and a World Series winner. Um, this is just insane. Um, and like I, uh, this episode is probably just going to be a lot of me talking because Josh, yeah, I, I don't know much about anything MLB, and, and Jackson knows I think yeah, less. I, I know a little bit about the NFL, a little bit about college. Nothing about this. All right. Well, for those of you who do, you got to think now, if a team is playing the Dodgers in a three-game set, they're looking at Max Scherzer Friday, then you're going to be looking at Clayton Kershaw on Saturday, and then, oh, also two-time All-Star Walker Bueller on Sunday. That pitching rotation right there is probably the best pitching rotation in history. Those are three guys who are absolutely— they're actually that good? Yes. Clayton Kershaw is a three-time Cy Young winner, along with Max Scherzer's three-time Cy well, Young winner. I know, I knew Clayton Kershaw. I know his name. I know he's an incredible pitcher. He's got such an ugly, like, pitching motion. Like he, like he, like brings his glove high up. Like when I'm playing MLB The Show, I hate playing Dodgers when he's pitching because I can't stand the way he pitches. But he's amazing. Um, so see, how? Did, I, I, oh, go ahead. How did they end up getting all three of them? Well, they drafted Bueller. They drafted um, Kershaw, and then they got Scherzer at the trade deadline when every team is either buying or selling. Um, so that's out. But to sweeten the pot, Dodgers also get incredible shortstop Trey Turner from the Nationals, who is an all-star, probably the best shortstop, or one of, if not the best, shortstop in the game. Um, the kid is absolutely electric. So they take their two best players. They send, uh, I want to say they sent back their number one and two prospects along with a couple mid-range guys. But the deal when you trade prospects, it's always a gamble. Because even though he might be the number one minor league player that you have, your number one prospect, you have no clue if that's going to transition into the major leagues. Right. Um, It's a completely different world. You're not facing guys who are trying to make it to the league, you're facing guys who are trying to stay in the league. Wait, hang on a second. So that's how trades work in the MLB? I mean, they trade – or they don't trade draft picks. They trade – Prospects. Prospects? You can trade draft picks. Interesting. But a lot of trades you see because they have 
Like the Yankees in particular have one of the best minor league organizations in the in the major league. They they have a very deep uh, roster of guys that they can trade, which they did in order to get their trades at the deadline, which we will get to. But I mean, you'll also see you know guys in the major leagues get traded. That's not rare. Um, just at the deadline, when you're seeing teams sell and trying to rebuild. They need prospects. They don't need guys who are average in the league because you can't rebuild your team around a guy who has a 4.0 ERA. You need a guy who's up and coming, very promising, and hopefully can lead your team to be better in the next 10 to 15 years or, you know, and not a guy who's going to come in, get you, you know, he gets you 80, try to get you to like 70 wins one season and you have, you know, you're a flash in the pan. You Mm. need prospects who are going to build you up as time goes on. Um, so yeah, that that's that's basically how this worked. Um, let's see. I saw Chris Bryant was on the move, huh? Yes, and we will get to that. But first, speaking of Max Scherzer and Trey Turner getting traded from the Nationals, they also pretty much traded away their entire team, along with the Cubs. Um, the Nats traded away catcher Jan Gomez, second baseman Josh Harrison to the Athletics, and power hitter Kyle Schwarber to the Red Sox. Um, they're going through a complete rebuild in Washington and. This is only two years since they won the World Series, so it's very interesting to see a team fall like this and say, you know what, we're starting over. Like, you won the World Series two years ago against the Astros, who have been one of the best teams in baseball, cheating or not, in, you know, in baseball, and they went out there and they beat them, and it's, it's to me, it's strange to see them going through a complete rebuild, but I, I want to see if it works, because, I mean, it was a fire sale. They sold everybody. As long along with the Cubs, so the Cubbies, of course. Have you you okay? You said you heard about Chris Bryant. Yeah, I saw Chris Bryant was on the move. Yeah, and also I don't remember where he went though. He went to the Giants. Okay, who are leading the National League West. All so right. the Cubs go through a giant sale where they sell literally everybody, just like the Nationals. They sold Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo. Who that was their core? Yeah, I know all three of those yeah, names. That was their core three. When they won the World Series, which they hadn't won in like 108 years, however long it was, these three guys were their core. So you had uh, Baez at shortstop, Brian at third, and then Rizzo at first base. I mean, these three guys are all all stars, all stars, and incredible players. And they they got rid of all of them. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, and I'll tell you why. So before we get to that. San Francisco Gyres, Gyres, man, I'm telling you, when you when you do a podcast before and you have to do the second one, you just kind of like you kind of coast. Yeah, you, you're not like as you know, you're not as pumped up. But we're gonna pump this up because we're talking baseball, baby, and I'm pumped about baseball. I love baseball. Josh, you played on a team called the Eliminators. I did, which is. Horrible. Absolutely terrible. I disagree. I you, think it's you disagree? Yeah, I think it's clever. I think it's unique. I think it stands out. I think you got picked on. I think it stood out and I think it was unique. I don't think that made it good. I mean hey well, I played on a team to each their own. I also looked like a highlighter. <laughs> looked like a softball team. Stand out. Worse. I, I played on a team called the Blackhawks, like the Blackhawk Indians, which is one word, and they our hats were a giant B capitalized and a capital H meaning black color hawks the animal so our hats were completely different from our jerseys it was the worst thing I have ever been through and I hated every second of it um (laughs) it was so ridiculous and they were like oh we're from Opelousas of course we're illiterate I'm like why are we going for that that's so dumb it's not really the stereotype you want to play into. No, no I don't want to no. be the illiterate team. I mean, come on. like You already are. You just don't want people to know it. Exactly. Yeah. We're from Opelousas. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the Giants acquire uh, former MVP and all-star third baseman and outfielder Chris Bryant for outfielder Alexander Canario, I want to say is how you say his name, and right-handed pitcher Caleb Killen. And that was the very last deal before the deadline ended. Chris Bryant was the last one on the table, and he was probably the one that was talked about getting traded the most. Um, They didn't really know where he was going to go. A lot of people thought he was going to be a Met. That ended up not happening, and he goes to the Giants. Um, 
Let's see. And then did the Yankees get anybody? Oh yes, they did, and we will talk about that. But you know, if you're the Giants, you're seeing your division rivals, the team that's kind of hot on your trail, the Dodgers. They go out and get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. That elevates any team. I don't care what place you're in. You get Scherzer and Trey Turner, you're going to win some games. So the Giants had to get somebody. They couldn't keep that same lineup that they had and expect to continue with their lead over the Dodgers. So they had to go get somebody, and they knocked it out of the park by getting Chris Bryant. So then we got Javier Baez, shortstop for the Cubs. He's going to be heading to Queens to join the Metropolitans and strengthen up uh, that shortstop position until Francisco Lindor returns as he is out with an injury. Then he'll probably move to second when uh, Lindor comes back. Look, Baez is a good player. He's got a lot of power. Problem with Baez is he has a high strikeout rate. Um, The Mets currently have the worst run differential in the league, I believe. And what that is is the teams that they have played have scored more runs than they have. Right. It's just like a point differential. Exactly. You gotta. Not everybody knows that. Okay. Stop being a jerk. I wasn't. Stop being a jerk. We're trying to educate <laughs> people here. Okay, Josh. I didn't know it. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, Staten Island, man. <laughs> Staten Island and Independence, Louisiana. Two grimy places, Josh. Shout out Staten Island. I love them. But just not Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. I Getting Javier Baez is great. Uh, it's not a big enough move for the Mets. They're losing their grip on the NL East. Um, I don't – yeah, you had to go out and get somebody, especially when you were linked with Scherzer and Chris Bryant. Scherzer was linked with almost every team. He straight up turned down a deal that, like he said, I'm not going to the Yankees. So I would imagine if he wouldn't go to the Yankees, he probably wouldn't go to the Mets because he doesn't want to go to New York. I think it was more about going right. to New York than going to either of those teams. Um, I think he wanted to be out in Los Angeles or San Diego. Yeah, know? I don't blame him for not wanting to go to New York. Neither do I. I mean, you're living in D.C., which is pretty much the same weather as New York City. Right. I'd want to go move to sunny Los Angeles, too, or yeah, San Diego. I, I don't blame him for that at all. There's nothing in New York that, that draws me there. I, I just don't want to go. I love it. It's the big city, man. It's the Big Apple. Eh, I, don't, I don't really I care. I mean, if you have the – the salary of a MLB player, I feel like New York could be a really good place to live. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Living in Manhattan? Yeah. No, um, like it. Yeah, dude. I, I would. Bay Ridge? Get out of here, kid. Um, <laughs> all right. So, as we said, Baez is going to Queens to join the Mets and then going to the team across town, the Yankees, Anthony Rizzo, first baseman and captain of the Chicago Cubs, also a formal all star. He adds a lot of of needed depth and consistency in that lineup because if you watch the Yankees, I mean, right now you've got their star pitcher, Garrett Cole, their second-best pitcher, uh, Jordan Montgomery, and their starting catcher, um, oh, what's his name? I, I I watch this guy every game he plays, and I can't think of his name. He's the catcher, Gary Sanchez. All are on the COVID 10-day uh, IL. I think it's 10 days, or it might be two weeks, but they're out for however long. Um, they're all out. We've and had that's how many games is that going to have him missing? Well, right now he's already missing a four-game set with the Mariners, who are hot on their tail in the uh, American League Wild Card uh, chase. So that's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The Yankees have been probably the only thing they are consistent at is their inconsistency. They were one of the best teams in baseball until April, and then all of a sudden injuries, bro. It's just injuries after injuries after injuries. Judge has made a glass, which. It sucks because he's one of the best players when he is healthy, but he's so big, he just he can't stay healthy. Yeah, that is a big old dude. He's huge. He's gigantic. And then you got Luke Voigt, the first baseman, who led the league in home runs last year. He's out. That's why they went and got Rizzo. There's the Yankees. I don't know what it is about these guys, what the, what their meal plans are or what, but they are always injured. They have been the team that I've noticed the most in baseball, and I probably noticed this just because that's my team. Right, you watch them the most. They are always injured. Somebody, a key player, is always banged up or out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last time the Yankees had a guy play 140 games was like Brett Gardner in outfield in like 2017 or 2018. Anthony Rizzo has played 140 games each season in his last eight. 
So he's he's extremely consistent. He's always there. He's a big left-handed bat that – what was that? Squeaky, huh? Dude, last episode we have the Peloton come out of nowhere, and now Josh <laughs> is summoning demons. <laughs> but um, no, Rizzo adds a giant left-handed bat into that extremely stagnant right-handed lineup. Um, you You have to have that, especially out at Yankee Stadium where the right field is very short. So it's a hitter's ballpark, especially for a left-handed hitter. And what do they have? They had nine guys all batting right-handed, trying to pull the ball to left field. It, it was it was dumb. They, they, I mean, it doesn't all seem of, like the recipe for success. No, it's not. And every single fan was crying out, "Please go get a left-handed bat!" And at the trade deadline, everybody's talking, about, "Oh, we're going to get Trevor Story from the Rockies, who is a shortstop who bats right-handed, who has a horrible average away from home." So I don't. Thank God they, they fixed it, and uh, Brian Cashman, the GM, went out and got some great trades. And the Yankees didn't even have to trade any of their top five prospects, which is huge to keep those five guys. And they're making the Cubs pay the rest of Anthony Rizzo's salary. So doesn't they're not paying for Rizzo. They're basically renting him. And so And along with that, the Giants and the Mets are all renting. They're renting Bryant, and they're renting Baez. And what that means is, so Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo are all free agents at the end of this season. Their contracts are all up. So realistically, with the love that they have for Chicago, they could all be wearing Cubs jerseys next year. This Wow. This isn't out of the ordinary. When the Cubs won the World Series, the Yankees traded Araldis Chapman, their star closer, for Glaber Torres, who was their number one prospect, who now starts for the Yankees at shortstop or second base, just depending on how the lineup uh, lines up. Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and in the offseason, Chapman was a free agent at the end of the season. He goes and re-signs with New York after the season's done, and he wins a World Series with Chicago. Um, the, the Cubs GM literally said he probably he was he was going to be sick to his stomach if the Cubs didn't win the World Series because Glaber came in, made an immediate impact on the Yankees, and then the Yankees got Chapman back anyway. So that could have been the worst deal of all time. They go get Chapman, they trade away this future star, and then they lose Chapman as well in the free agency. Right. So don't be surprised to see Rizzo, Baez, and Chris Bryant all ending up back in Chicago. Um, I mean, Anthony Rizzo still wears his Chicago flag batting gloves when he's at the plate. And it's – as a Yankees fan, I hate it because I want him to desperately re-sign in New York because he's been absolutely electric. He's the only Yankee in history to have an RBI in each of his first six games, which is mind-blowing. Yeah, that's huge. He's had three home runs since joining the team. I mean, he's – Especially for a team with such a – a storied history. Yeah, he's he's been automatic at the plate. It's incredible what he's doing. And when he got traded, it looked like he was getting sent to jail. He looked so, like, miserable. Also, side note, Anthony Rizzo is doing a little deep dive on his Instagram. He's an LSU fan. Really? Yeah, he ain't, like, there's, there's pictures of him hanging out with, like, Ed Orgeron, playing golf out, like, he was at Tiger Stadium watching a couple different games. And I noticed this because I thought, oh, maybe it's just the same game, but he was wearing two different shirts, so... He's been to multiple LSU games. He saw there was a picture of him playing golf. He's rock- a real deep dive. Oh, a real huh? deep dive. I love Rizzo. <laughs> I love this kid, even though he's 31 years old and older than me. Love this kid. He's uh, playing golf, and he's wearing like an LSU polo. I'm, I'm a big Rizzo guy. Yeah, I see that. It sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so he, he's been absolutely electric for the Yankees, and I, I don't think he re-signs um, just because I think his home is Chicago. He's won a World Series there. He's lived his entire major league career there. All three guys are Cubs. Um, Baez in his quote, like his Instagram post when Rizzo left, was like, "I hope you retire a Cub." Um, I, I, I honestly think they could all go back to Chicago. And the reason being is, if you look at who Chicago got for them, they didn't get anybody's like top five prospects. They didn't get a lot back for these guys. Um, just some, you know. They did get uh, Alexander Vizcaino from the Yankees for Rizzo, who was their number seven prospect. He was a he was a pitcher out in minor leagues, but 
I don't think that was enough for a deal for Rizzo. Um, right. But it's mainly because the, their contracts are all ending. So, yeah, so they're, they're probably going to be coming back anyway. They could, it, but it depends. This all depends on – because Chicago traded uh, – also traded Kyle Schwarber. Not Kyle Schwarber. Um, uh, closer pitcher. Oh, what is his name? Uh, Craig Kimbrell, who is one of the best closers in, base, in baseball. So they traded him away. So it's going to be interesting to see that if Chicago is actually going through a full rebuild. Because if they are, they may not want to resign these three guys. They may say, look, we had our time. It worked once. It hasn't been working since. Let's start fresh. So that's going to be the interesting thing to see who goes back. Because I think if one goes back, they all three go back. But I could see them. I could potentially see. There's two of them I could see not going back. I see Rizzo going back no matter what. He's the captain. He's 31. He's kind of on, you know, the back nine of his career. Well, that, quick question. How, how old is old? In the MLB, it, it's different. It differs, man. Because like you got Brett Gardner, who's thirty-seven, who's been playing for the Yankees since I was like born. What position? Right field. Right field. Well, right field, center field, left field. He's basically anywhere in the outfield. He's an game. outfielder. I think right. outfielders generally last longer than infield players because you're not doing something as much as an infield player. Right. Um, pitchers last long too, but yeah. they start to lose velocity and spin rate as they get older. Because you got a guy like Cole Hamels, who is a, I'm pretty sure Cole Hamels won a Cy Young. He was a fantastic pitcher. He's been bouncing around from team to team as he got older. Been used in like re- relief positions. You usually see starters sometimes. They won't. They'll transition from a starter to a guy like a middle inning guy. Guy give you like five, six, seven. You know, three innings at a time, just because they can keep that velocity they had for a shorter amount of time. Right. So. Out of these three guys, I could see Bryant not returning just because of how good he is. I could see him taking his talents somewhere else because out of the three of them, he was the one that got talked about trading, like getting traded the most. And they were playing him kind of all around, using him as a utility player here and there. Um, He's an absolute stud. I mean, dude is a killer at the plate. I could see him not going back on his own choice. And I could see them not extending a contract to Javier Baez because of his high strikeout rate, because of his attitude. He's very um, emotional, I guess you could say. Like the other day, there was – and I forget this guy's name. I'm sorry, but it was a hilarious video. There was a pitcher for the Reds who came in to close the game out. And like earlier in the season, he literally tried to fight the entire Cubs offense. Like, this dude was ready to go with think, all of the Cubs. I think I actually saw Wait, that I video. I think I know what video you're talking yeah. about. Uh, Garrett. I think his last name or his first name was Garrett. But Baez was not a big fan of that. Baez tried to run out and fight him as well. So they Baez is pinch hitting in, like, the bottom of the ninth, trying to walk off the game. And he's jawing him the entire way up to the box. I mean, just letting him have it. Then he comes on. Hits a you know a fly ball to center field. They walk off the game. Dubias doesn't even celebrate. He's just looking at him the entire time, making like a sweeping motion because Garrett did it earlier in the season when the Reds swept the Cubs, and just like ready to go out and fight this dude. And Garrett doesn't say a word to him. Just looks away because he. I think he knew Baez would have. Baez would have bopped him one. Let's just put it like that. Okay, <laughs> and like. I was listening to some of the players. They were like, like trying to calm down. Like Baez, like Javi, we won. Like, calm down, we won. He's like, I know we won. <laughs> He's like <laughs> taking his shirt off, like ready to just go full Debo on this dude. <laughs> so yeah, Baez has got a bit of an attitude, but I liked him right there because standing up for his team, you know. But I, I could definitely see the Cubs not trying to re-sign Baez. Um, but interestingly. Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo all homered in their debuts with their new teams, making them the first trio in history to be traded and then home run in their first game with their new teams. So that was it's a very specific stat, but it's also a very impressive it's, stat. It's, it was extremely yeah. cool. Um, Rizzo homered against the Marlins. Bryant homered against the Astros. And good, good. And I thought, who did Baez homer against? Maybe the Mets or the Reds? I mean, I mean not the the Braves or the Reds. I don't remember, but I know he he knocked one out of the park um, in his debut. 
And as I said earlier, the Cubs also traded away um, all-star closer Craig Kimbrell to their crosstown rivals on the south side, the Chicago White Sox, who are – I forget that that team exists. Dude, they're probably one of the best teams in baseball right now. Really? They are really good. Um, they – I feel like they could do with a little rebranding. Dude, their um, shortstop, Tim Anderson, is a young guy, probably one of my favorite players in baseball right now. He is awesome. When I when I play in the show, like MLB the show, I always trade for him. The only reason I want a PlayStation. Then you can get it on Xbox. What? You didn't know that? Since when? Since this year. Do it. What I, Xbox do you have? One. Get that? You have to get the new one. No, listen. You don't have to get it to play it, but I um. So I have Game Pass. So you get yeah. It's like a subscription thing. You get them for free. Yeah. So you, I play it on my Xbox at home, and then when I go to my girlfriend's house, I'll play it every now and then on that Xbox, which is my older Xbox One that I let her use for, like, Netflix and stuff. And it's very, like, kind of glitchy on the old Xbox. Like, kind of – but you can turn, like, your frame rate down to compensate for it on your TV um, or, like, put it in game mode because usually, like, newer TVs have that as a picture setting. Right. But – it worked. It's still just kind of slow. Yeah. But, I mean, once you kind of, like, get used to it and you set the settings right, obviously, it gets fun. I mean, I was winning games with the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are the, the worst team in baseball, other than, like, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Craig, Craig Kimball goes to the White Sox, um, adds some great pitching in that bullpen. Um, with also, they got Liam Hendricks, the Australian. I don't know if you watched. I think – hold on. I need to fact check myself on this. I'm almost positive. He was the guy in the uh, – I don't know if any of you watched the All-Star game. But he no, came – No, I did not. He came on – Definitely not. Yeah, it's him. He came on to close the game for the American oh, League. Oh, I remember you telling me about the Australian, and you couldn't think of his name then either. Is Liam Hendricks. I think he didn't know that his mic – because during the All-Star game, they mic players up. I don't think he knew his mic was up. Oh, did he say something? Oh, dude, every bad pitch, he (laughs) – let's just say he was using some expletives. Oh, okay, good. Just some expletives. and That uh, that we can live with. The catcher, like, walked up and was like, hey, your mic's hot. And he's like, no, it's not. It's off. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just cursing every ball, like, down to hell, dude. It was hilarious. Um so, yeah, if you, if you get the time, definitely go watch Liam Hendricks pitching that uh, that All-Star game just to hear him curse up a storm at how it's pitching. Um, some other big names on the move. We can get to the Yankees. Uh, they get Joey Gallo from the Rangers, who is, you know, he's going to join the Evil Empire. They get another left-handed bat. Last night, he, uh, Yankees were playing. What are you looking at? I was pulling up the video yeah. so oh, I could go gonna, watch it when I get home. Later. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, last night the Yankees are playing the Mariners. Gallo hits a three-run home run to take the lead. I mean, he hit it to a, a Gallo, see, far, far away. Ooh. Don't ever. Hey, the Yankees posted Man. it, so I just I just came back with it. That was bad, Yeah, you could have definitely that not. That was real bad. But <laughs> Okay. But, yeah, they get another big left-handed power bat to add to that, as I said before, that extremely stagnant right-handed lineup. Um, Gallo's going to be playing left field. Probably some center if they can get Stanton back out in the in the outfield, if they can trust him to you know go catch a ball. He's one of the most athletic human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. Don't know why they don't trust him in the outfield. And have you ever seen a picture of Giancarlo Stanton? It's a big old man, isn't he? It kind of looks like the rock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when he gets up to the plate, you just think this dude is about to hit it to the moon every yeah, single that's time. That's the guy I was thinking of then. <laughs> yeah, he just strikes Honestly, out Honestly, though, it's, it, I find it so impressive that – you play 140 games in a season. 162. You, 162? Yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. Like that for, for – You may get like one or two days off a week, and that's usually like travel days. That's ridiculous. That like you have to be so conditioned for that. Like it they've started, blows me away. They've started to do like they'll put a player on the 10-day injured list just to give him like a rest. That's about it. Yeah, that's like I, – I mean you look at – even though it's a low-contact sport, it's still – I mean, you're still running. You're still moving. And it's long. For a, over a decade. It's so long. That doesn't make any sense. And, like, you got to think, the game is like three hours, three and a half, four hours. Yeah. 
sometimes even longer than that, dude. And you're just standing there away from your family, like, oh my god, please end. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's really it really is crazy. The the way that that that's one thing I, that it, it's hard for somebody I feel like to get into baseball because of that. Like a new it. fan isn't going to be dedicated enough to watch 162 games a year. Well, that's kind of why or they're even like a hundred. That's kind of why they're trying to like speed up the pace of play. Right. In major league to make it to where you know a batter can't step out of the box for you know two minutes to fix his gloves. He can't step out after every at bat. You know, trying to they limit mound visits. You only get one mound visit, and then you have to change pitchers. Um, they're just they're trying to do things that make it more fast paced, so pe- more people can will tune in and watch the whole thing and not just be like, oh my, this third inning has gone on for. 45 minutes. That's the thing. And nobody's can, got a hit. They're just – dude's fouling off 20 balls. That's uh-huh. literally why You can sit I've... there in one inning for hours. Like, honestly. Yeah. It, it just – it's hard to just sit there. That's why I find it so hard to watch it. Yeah, it, it, it does. It can get the better of you. And, like, if I'm watching teams – like, I'll watch any game. Don't get me wrong. But if it's, like, two teams I really don't care about – it, it'll get hard for me sometimes to just sit there and be like, oh, this is the third pitching change they've had this inning. And right. each pitching change, you go to a commercial break because mm-hmm. they got to come in, they get eight pitches, you know, they got to see what's working for them, and then they'll bring this guy in. He'll pitch to one batter. And then, oh, well, this guy's a right-handed. He hits bad against left-handed pitchers. All right, bring in, Switch you know, so, somebody from the bullpen. And then it just drags, dude. It drags so much sometimes. Um other big names on the move, Jose Barrios, or Barrios, I believe. He goes from the Twins to the Blue Jays. The Twins also uh, got rid of a couple players. They got rid of Nelson Cruz earlier in the year. He's been around for a long time. He's a big power bat, uh, batting right side. He got traded to the Tampa Bay uh, Rays, um, who are now in first place. Um, Jay Happ goes to the Cardinals from the Twins. Um, he pitched in the Yankee. Big Maple, that's what they call him. Big Maple. Big Maple. I think he's Canadian, that's why. He um, – you know, that's the second maple reference, like for a Canadian, that I've heard in the last year, and I, I don't like. What was the other one? The maple leaves. Mapletron. That's what they were calling um, Chase Claypool, the Steelers receiver. Really? Yeah, they're calling him Mapletron, and that's, it's horrible. That's I don't like that at all. I absolutely hate the maple reference. Like you can do something better. Yeah, I mean, that's. What, think of something better for Canada though. The mooses. The moose? The meese. Call him a moose? I don't know. I mean, he's just, built like a moose. Well, I mean, they got like the, the Canucks. I've always heard that's what a person from Canada is called, a yeah, Canuck. I just, I feel like you could do something better than maple. Like, it, it, at least be more creative with it. Because it's clearly like well, call Megatron. Call him a unicorn because how many Canadian NFL players are there? That's true. <laughs> the, okay. the Canadian. I mean, Calvin to be Johnson. fair, they're. Their Probably flag, their flag has a maple leaf on it. Yeah, got it a does. Point. But that's literally a part of their identity. Like ours, the stars and stripes. Yeah, right. but if I go play in Mexico, they're not going to call me Starry. They might. They could. Startron. <laughs> Startron. <laughs> stars and bars. <laughs> might call you like Uncle Sam or something. No, nah, probably call me a Yankee. Or what are they? A gringo. That's what they'll call me. Is that? Yeah. Is that a bad word? It might be. I don't know. No, it just means foreigner. Does it? Yeah, I think it's kind of used with some some oomph on it. Some negative like, connotations? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, don't think it's like, like an actual bad term. It's just like, ugh, this there's guy. Like, there's like a Mexican restaurant in Texas called Gringos, so I don't think it's that bad. No way, Jose. <laughs> there's a restaurant in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or it's on the way to Gatlinburg, and I don't know why. Me and my family stopped for like 45 minutes, and we just kept saying, no way, Jose, in the car. No reason why, no explanation, like just – no way, Jose. Never look me in the eyes and say that again. <laughs> like somebody <Ringos>. would, <laughs> somebody would say something and we'd just be like, no way, Jose. <laughs> I don't know why. It was fun. Um, <laughs> why? Dude, it was a long trip. Okay, It was a long ride. We were yeah, all sleep deprived. Yeah, you start to get delusional. Yeah, dude, yeah. like hour yeah. 12 into the trip. Oh, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like, where are we? We're in a different world right now. Um Spaceship so, ride. We're on a different planet. Interesting trade here from the Seattle Mariners. Um, okay, let me let me set this up for you guys. Let's say I have a team and Josh has a team. Josh's team is in front of me in the standings. I'm like two games behind him. So I need to win two games to get equal to him and take or take the lead. Um, I have a really good player on my team. 
Okay. You have some good players on your team that you don't necessarily need. I trade you my great player for a position that you need, and you trade me some good guys on your team that are, you know, they're good. They're not all-stars for this player for positions that I kind of already had covered. Does that make sense? No. No? Not not, no. not in my mind. No. no. doesn't make sense to trade to your no. division rival who you're trailing. No. Okay, good. I don't I think, think it really makes sense for either, though. Well, it makes sense for the Astros because they got the best bullpen pitcher of course it's the okay, from the Mariners. Left. I noticed how you left that out now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, makes well, I was just going to say because you don't want to give the team behind you any help to catch you but either. But they're not going to catch them. Okay. Especially yeah. not now because pitching is what wins you games. Right. Um, the, the, this is the boldest strategy of I, I've ever seen. The Mariners trade away their closer, who's a, amazing, Kendall Graveman. He had like a 1.5 ERA, which is earned runs allowed. Um, sorry, Jackson. I didn't mean to look at you when I said that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't take any offense. And, uh, and Rafael, Rafael Montero to their division rivals, the Astros, the team they're trailing. Um the the Astros send third baseman Abraham Toro. Why are you looking at each other like that? I was just I thought of something I, it's, like it's okay. It, it was a like a random thought. And oh, it, so I thought he was I'm, thinking the same thing. No, but I don't I'm think just, he was. I'm <laughs> just trying to follow. The so the Mariners trade away their star closer Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero, who's another closer, who was their closer at the beginning of the season. He lost his job to Kendall Graveman. To the Astros for third baseman Abraham Toro and right-handed pitcher Joe Smith. Houston flat-out stole from Seattle right here. Um, don't get me wrong. That was my stomach rumbling. I'm sorry. I'm very hungry. I am too. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, Toro is a great player, but not someone Houston needs. They already have Alex Bregman at third base, so they don't need Toro. Um, and they go out and they get Graveman, who's the Mariners' best closer, and the only thing keeping them – kind of in the spot that they're in, fighting for a wild card spot. And I've, I've watched plenty of MLB Network, and they're all like, "What? I can't find a way to rationalize this trade. Don't trade to your division rivals who you're trailing. Right. It's one thing if you're like 20-something games back. The Mariners yeah. were like eight if games If you're back. out of it and you're just kind of selling the season, then yeah, yeah do, do whatever you need to to try to – like, Seattle up, hasn't right? been in the playoffs for a long time, and they're trying to find that way into the wild card, which they're already not in. They're, like, I want to say, like, four and a half games back off uh, uh, Oakland, who is the who is trailing the second wild card spot. Because so, it's basically that's what it's a fight for. It's the second wild card spot because whoever wins the AL East, the second-place team, will have that first wild card spot, which will either be Boston or Tampa. Um, so Seattle's in the hunt for that second spot. I, I just I don't know why they made this deal. It makes zero sense. I don't think anybody in ESPN, Fox, Major League Baseball, like the network, thinks that this deal makes sense. Um, so yeah, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays off for him or plays out. You think um, it might be like a like a really long game thing, like way down the road it could benefit him? I mean, I guess they just saw something in Abraham Toro that was worth trading their best closer for. Because Toro is good, don't get me wrong, and he's young. I just I don't think they needed the third base position filled that badly. They could have got somebody else. Why they traded Graveman to the Strohs? Well, I mean, could they, they could have made a play for uh, Chris Bryant, huh? I I think Chris Bryant probably would have said no. I'm not going there. Oh, okay. Like had some control over it. Like after all those three guys have given to the Cubs, I'm sure they were they had them in the conversation on which destinations they would like to land. That's true. Um, so I would like to talk about who I think won and who I think lost at the deadline day. All right. So definitely the Dodgers. I well, mean, they won. They won at right. deadline day. Yeah. This I'm a good. These are the winners. Dodgers, as I said earlier, the rich get richer. You yeah. go out, you get Scherzer and Trey Turner in any capacity is amazing. Right. And now they are really looking like the team to beat out in that wild, wild NL West. Um, it, it's That's going to be the most interesting baseball to watch come October because you've got the Padres, who are, I want to say, seven games back, the Dodgers, who are two games back, and then the Giants leading. Um, nobody expected the Giants to be this good this year. They kind of came out of left field, but that's what the Giants do. 
Remember, I'm sure you guys remember when the Giants won like every other World Series for like six years. You remember that? I don't. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are they they're when trading in the middle of the season? They're, so this is – it's the deadline is at like the end of July. So you've got August, September, and then the postseason starts in October. Why do they do trades? Because teams need to bolster their lineups come for the Most postseason push. Do that. Yeah. The NFL does that too. Yeah. You have the trade deadline. It doesn't seem like the trade deadline in football is as big of a – It's not. I don't think it is. Like, it's baseball is what you're huge. telling me, it's it's a huge thing. Like it's It can be a big thing, but for the most part – it's like one you'll get like one player. Now the trade deadline is huge in baseball. Um, I, I believe the trade deadline is when like the Astros got um, uh, what's his name the, the pitcher. I always uh, Justin Verlander a uh. couple years ago. Um, so yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, so the Dodgers obviously win. If they would have only gotten Scherzer, they're winners. Um, the Yankees smart moves by the GM. You get two power lefties. Uh, and Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, um, two all-stars. And then they got pitcher Andrew Heaney, who is – he got crushed his first game. They lost 7-1 to the Orioles, who were the worst team in baseball. And I mean that. The Orioles have been the worst team in baseball for, like, 15 years now. All right, another question. Do you know what an Oriole is? It's a bird. It's yeah. a, it's an actual bird? Yeah. Yeah, it's a – Oh. It's a bird. I had no idea. There's a bird on the hat and logo. Oh. You think they made it up? I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a where where are they? Are they Baltimore? Baltimore. Okay. I, I like I thought it might have just been like a Baltimore thing, like the Knicks or something. Like the Knicks for New York. I hope my silence is telling. I I've never I don't think I've ever seen their logo. I yeah, know they're the, orange. Uh, the national bird of Maryland is the the Baltimore Oriole. Baltimore's not. Look a up um this is what? actually kind of Baltimore's interesting. Not a I said Maryland. Still not the national bird. Oh, the, 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 state, <laughs> the state bird. Um, we're all messing up. Look now. up the Orioles. Sorry. Look up the Orioles logo. Their cartoon logo. Of uh, this, the one they have on their hats. It's the only logo in MLB. And I heard this the other night watching the Yankees game. It's the only logo in the MLB that you can flip upside down, and it still looks like the the, the Oriole bird. Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah, I do. I I yeah. honestly I don't know if I've ever seen. It that looks logo. like he has like a pompadour on his head or something. Yeah, yeah, the 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 bill of the the hat the hat becomes the the bill of the bird. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. Neat. It's a pretty cool design. That's pretty neat. So, um, yeah, the Yankees win. Um, uh, they get three amazing players. Or I'm sorry, two amazing players and Andrew Heaney. They don't have to trade any of their top six prospects. Um, they're getting Chicago to pay the rest of Anthony Rizzo's salary. Incredible. Um, the White Sox, even though they didn't get much, they still got Kimbrell from their rivals, um, adds another fantastic closer with Liam Hendricks. They're really looking good going into these last two months. Um, I'm sorry, last three months. Yeah. I, I love this, this trade. They got what they needed. Um, I, I, I like this trade. I think that puts the White Sox as winners at the trade deadline. Uh, Giants adding Chris Bryant is a great move. I'll move them into the winner's bracket. Um, losers. Boston Red Sox. Uh, Boston was leading the AL East. Usually with the teams that are leading go out and really beef up their lineups, come for this you know final push so they can kind of stray away from the rest of the pack, you know, put their foot down and take the lead. Boston did not do that. Um, they're still without Chris Sale, their star pitcher who has been out. Um, they didn't go get a pitcher. They were talked about with getting Scherzer. They were talked about with getting Anthony Rizzo. They didn't get either. Um, they added a good a good bat with Schwarber, but he's still out. Um, I don't think he wins them a World Series. Schwarber's injured right now. He's, so they traded for an injured player? Yeah, but he's, he's supposed to be coming back soon, but there's no guarantee on that. No, no not at all. Anything could happen. So I, I, like, his, I understand trading for somebody with an injury history and like saying hopefully he'll stay healthy, but – Going out and getting a guy that's already hurt? Yeah. It, that just does – that seems like horrible it plan. Did, it didn't make a lot of sense, and I, I don't understand why they didn't try to add more. They had the lead. They could have really cemented themselves at the top. But they've dropped now seven of their last ten. Um, now the Rays are leading the AL East, and the Yankees are within five games of the Red Sox, which is 
the best they've been since like July 2nd. Um, and the Yankees are on fire right now, so I don't know what Boston was doing. You've dropped seven of your last ten. Things aren't looking great. Um, I don't know if it's panic mode or panic time, but if Boston doesn't get it together, they could be out of the playoffs if they keep this up. You, right now is not the time where you need to be dropping or you can afford to drop seven of your last ten games. So I, I don't know what the strategy is down there, or I'm sorry, up there, but if they don't get it figured out, I could see Boston dropping out of the postseason race. Um, the Padres. Quick question: what? Do you are you like in on the rivalry of Yankees and Red Sox? Absolutely. Do you absolutely hate them? I hate them. Like despise them I with everything. Them. Can't stand the Red Sox. Okay, just uh, making sure. There's also a player for the Red Sox, um, Alex Verdugo. Somebody needs to tell him he needs to go perform because he is post Malone. He's missing concerts right now. I have never seen somebody look like Post Malone, and this dude is a dead ringer. What's his name? Alex Verdugo. They uh, they got him from the Dodgers like a year or two ago. Look this guy up. He's Post Malone. <laughs> He's Post Malone without the tattoos. He's Post Malone yeah. without the tattoos. <laughs> it's crazy. And I like Post Malone's music. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, the Padres. Padres lose. They didn't get it. They they got um, uh, second baseman Adam Frazier from the Pirates a little bit earlier. Is he going to win you a World Series? No. You're seven games back off the uh, the Giants. It, your division is not getting any easier. The Dodgers are not going to drop games right now. Um, I don't think the Giants are either. They needed somebody. They were, I mean, as early as, so the trade deadline was on Thursday. At Wednesday, they were talked about Scherzer is going to be a Padre. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, Scherzer's wearing Dodger blue. So that hurts. Um, your best player, Fernando Tatis Jr., is on the 10-day IL. That's not what looking happened? good. I think he had a shoulder injury. Tatis – excuse me. Tatis plays – I never know whether to say Tatis or Tatis. I've heard both. Just he, call him Fernando. Fernando plays extremely hard. Like, he gives it his all on every single play. So a guy like that, it's great, but he's going to get injured. Right. He's going to get banged up. So he's on the 10-day IL, which could usually always – Hopefully. In the Yankees' case, if you're on the 10-day IL, you're out for, you know, five games at the most. I'm sorry, at the least. Um, So, no, things aren't looking good in San Diego. Um, They're still in the wild card, but that could change at any given moment because, you know, you kind of feel deflated. You added Adam Frazier, who's good. He came from the Pirates, though, so you're not getting much. And you didn't get any pitching. And Blake Snell has not been the Blake Snell that we've known in Tampa. He's not been as good in San Diego. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, I like San Diego. I like Tatis. I want to see him in the playoffs. I think that's fun. I don't want him to be a player like Mike Trout, who is incredible, without a doubt the best baseball player, and never makes it to the playoffs. Where is he at now? The Angels. He's been out all season. He's hurt. Oh, okay which has led to, you know, the meteoric rise of Shohei Otani. Um, the Mets. Which I do feel like has slowed down a lot. I haven't seen it nearly as much about Shohei recently. Uh, I've, I've, I'm still seeing it. And I, like I said, I understand their reasoning. No, I agree. I agree. You don't have to, to do that. You know, they were flipping each other off behind camera. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, behind – there's no camera. Microphone. Uh, microphone. Um uh, just because I watch baseball, I still see it. Right. But, no, I agree with you. He like, As an outsider looking in, yeah, it's nowhere near it as It hasn't much. been as much. I as started seeing more You saw him a lot around stuff. the All-Star break, too. Yeah, Shohei. yeah. That was a lot of Shohei stuff. But since we talked about it, um, I've seen more Fernando. And just a lot of, like, random clips, it feels like. Like, I, it hadn't been as much of any one yeah. player. Uh, like... I don't want to talk about Shohei. I've talked about him so much. <laughs> um, the Mets, they also lose. Uh, they got Baez. He's a great player, but he's got a high strikeout rate and is inconsistent in the field. And the Mets, who have been leading the NL East all season, they're you know finally looking like the team to beat. Mets going to Met. Mets are going to Met. And now I want to say the Phillies are like a half game back or one one and a half games back. The way that works is – if you win, like, so let's say I'm my record is, like, I don't know, 58 and 50. Your right. record is 
four and uh, what am I? Fifty four. Thank you. I'm bad at math. Um, but you've beat a couple non like division like a win versus a division team is one game. Okay. A win versus a non division team is a half game. All right. Okay. That's why you see like oh they're four and a half games back because who can win a half a game you know. Right. But that that's basically all it means. Um, so yeah, the Phillies are getting better and better. They're right on the Mets tail. I could see the Mets dropping out. And like I said earlier, the Mets have the worst run differential in baseball. One of they're like 29 out of 30 teams. I think only the, I think the Marlins have a better run differential from them and the Marlins are horrible. Yeah. It's just, it's a horrible stat to be high in. And the Mets were going to get Chris Bryant. I think, like I said earlier, they were in talks for Scherzer and they got Javi Baez who is not the guy that they needed. Um, so, yeah, Mets lose. But, dude, I love the trade deadline. It's so crazy. Like, we yeah, get to Whenever s- we were talking about doing this episode, he texted me, and he was just he listed all of this just in a text. Yeah, um, I love it, dude. It, it's, it's the time where, like, literally anything can happen. Um, I love seeing, like, incredible players. All of a sudden, they're in new jerseys and new teams. Um, I love it. I do want to say – oh, my computer's about to die. Hold on. Josh, talk. I gotta grab my charger. Oh, well, that's a bad thing to tell me right now because I was about to ask you a question and I wanted to get an answer for it. So I'm just gonna little, do a little bit of chatter. So how y'all been? How y'all been? Um, ask the question. Is baseball, Major League Baseball, is it suffering from the same kind of super team syndrome that basketball has been suffering from? Sorry. Um, Yes and no, because baseball, there's so many more talented players, and you have more players on the field than you would right. in an NBA game where it's not just you know five guys. Um, so, like, the Yankees right now, their lineup, if you look at it, it looks like a video game lineup. Same with the Dodgers. But baseball, when you know, you're in the postseason and you're playing seven games, it's not like the seven or, you know, the five guys – are running out there every game. You have a different pitcher on the mound every game. Right. Pitchers have to have X amount of days of rest, which, you know, if I'm pitching Garrett Cole and Jamison Tyon, the Yankee, or Jordan Montgomery, the Yankees' two best pitchers, you could face their third guy who's not worth his salt. So it's, it's, it's different. Um, I don't think it's suffering from it, no. And I think a lot of these guys that have been traded in this past deadline will – eventually move to different teams. I, Scherzer's going to stay in Los Angeles. He came out and said, wherever I get traded is where I'm staying. He doesn't want to move. So, yeah, I, I think, like, Rizzo, Baez, Chris Bryant will probably all be on the move this summer. Um, I'm sorry, this off season. But I, I don't think it suffers like basketball has been suffering. Okay. Um, to kind of put this in perspective for people who kind of don't understand the how crazy the Scherzer move is or how important it is. Let's put it – I'll put it like this. Let's say like the Packers traded for J.J. Watt six games left in the regular season and they were leading their division. That's pretty much kind of what it's like. Okay. That's the best c- comparison I could make is the Packers getting J.J. Watt while they're pushing for the Super Bowl and looking like favorites. Um, also, uh, I would yeah, kind of talk – that would be a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And – this has been a heavy baseball episode, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention Lionel Messi, or Lionel, however you want to say his name, second best player of all time behind Cristiano Ronaldo, I said it, will no longer be playing for Barcelona. Um, this is crazy. Jackson, you said earlier how long he had been playing for Barcelona? 16 straight seasons, over 16, 20 years. 16 straight seasons, arguably the best player of all time by some people, not by me. Um, I'd argue. Okay. Well, not be playing for Barcelona anymore. Um, earlier in the season, it looked like Messi was gone. Um, he hated the president. There was, like, he sent him, like, a fax or something to be, like, sold. I don't know who still sends faxes anymore. <laughs> to Europe. But he wanted out. And then Barcelona got a new president because Messi is the club. Um and they were doing everything they can to keep him, and it finally looked like they had made some common ground. And I think as late as, like, Tuesday, it looked like Messi was going to sign the dotted line, sign his new contract at Barcelona, stay for, like, another six years, which is crazy because he's, like, 34. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona goes out and gets Sergio Aguero, his best friend, basically his brother from Argentina, who's been playing at Man City. And everything's looking good in Barcelona. It looks like they're going to keep their guy, their team, basically. And all of a sudden, fair play rules come into play, uh, financial fair play rules. So Barcelona couldn't sign him. La Liga blocked it. So this is, this is a direct quote from Barcelona president Laporta. We've shaken our hands with Lionel Messi. The new contract was done. Two years salary, but paid until June 2026. It was 100% agreed we had to sign yesterday, but then the legal rules and reality came. I told Jorge Messi, that's Messi's father, I can't put the club at risk for that many years. Resigning Messi in the next days, we can't sell fake hopes to our fans. Now we have to move on. Barcelona above everything. So, basically meaning they were out of money. They were out of money, and they couldn't keep promising people money that they didn't have because Barcelona is a team with a bunch of old players who have giant inflated contracts, and nobody wants to buy them because they're old, so they can't get rid of these salaries other than cutting these players, which right. they don't do in soccer. It, so, it really amazes me how intertwined soccer is in Europe with like the politics of Europe. You don't see that anywhere in, this, in it's, America. It's crazy, dude. I mean, the president... Well, is the president of the club, of course, but, like, they have voting. It's like a full election, like, uh, campaigns and everything. No, and this it's... is in Spain. They don't do this in England. But they do – I, th- I want to say they do it in Italy, too. It's, like, full yeah. campaigns for who's going to be the president of the club. It's a complete democratic system for the club's organization and structure and who runs the offices and whatnot. That's insane. It's taken so seriously. This is, oh, like, yeah. livelihoods. Like, this is – it's it's nuts, is what it is. It's nuts, and Barcelona, being dumb, ran out of money and came into financial fair play rules, and now he's probably going to sign for Paris Saint Germain, or I think it's Saint Germain Saint Germain. Anyway, the Paris team, PSG, that's what everybody calls them. PSG, which has more money than God because they have all the. Um, I want to say they're owned by like a sheik or something who has a ton of oil money. Um, so, yeah, they have billions and billions of dollars to play with, and they don't even come close to financial fair play rules somehow. I don't know how. But they're probably going to sign Messi because they're the only team who can afford him because Messi's not going to take a pay cut to go play at Brighton and Hove Albion. He's going to go to some team that's qualifying for the Champions League, probably looking like favorites, and is good. And PSG is good, and they bought like 10 players this summer who are going to drastically increase their squad. And then he's going to take whatever team he goes to, probably Paris, and make them oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, absolutely. He's going to just inflate their team Ab- so much. Absolutely. Um, is it- yeah, is it's that, a, that's a train. train. Dude, chill. What are we, in Middle Earth? <laughs> Dude, who still takes the train anymore? People are <laughs> flying themselves on, like, jetpacks and Amazon drones, dude. Stop. It's, it's getting so louder. Loud. It's probably it's getting closer. At, coming at us. <laughs> Jesus, man. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take the the high. The Almighty's name in vain. All right. So, since we talked a lot about baseball, we're going to return to the old baseball knowledge. I have a little background noise for this. Yeah. This little ambience. All right, Josh and Jackson. All right. What does it mean when somebody is referring to the short porch or porch in baseball? All right. you have an answer? Hmm. The porch? Yeah, like a short porch. No. I, you got me. I really... It's like a shorter section of the fence in the outfield, right? So, kind of, yeah. And they have stands on it sometimes. Well, like, so Yankee Field or Yankee Stadium, it's they got the short right porch. There's a short... It's, the distance to right field is shorter than any other spot in the uh, the stadium. That's why, like, they need left-handed hitters who pull the ball right. because it's not as far for them to hit a home run as it is to them hitting one apo taco to left field. I feel like that's not fair. Every every field is different. Yeah, that's weird. Like, why is there not standards? Why aren't there standards for that? That feels I, I, like I, to keep it on, like, an even playing field, yeah. you would no, literally, literally, literally an even, an even playing field. field. No, it, it's, there, it's like the Dodgers stadium, it's very hard to hit balls out, Be, especially because you have that um, – something with the air. Like that, I think they called it like green air or something. It's very difficult because you have that air coming in off the coast uh, and that wind. Um, 
like players have to adjust when they go play the Rockies because they're at such a high elevation level. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. Less with, air resistance. Uh, Denver. Yeah. With the Broncos. Yeah. That's um, what I meant. Like, like Fenway. Everybody thinks the big green monster. Oh, it's so hard to hit a home run at Fenway. It's, it's not. Short. Like it's a short. It's, distance, a, it's, it's very it, short. So you just if, have to hit a moonshot. Yeah. And which guys do all the time. Right. It's not that for an MLB player. For me, yeah, it'd be hard. But for an MLB player, a guy like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, JD Martinez, it's not hard for them. Or it's hard, but it, it's not as difficult as you would think or as the media or sports coverage makes you believe that, oh, the fit, big green monster. It's really not. You just got to hit it high. Um, Has it ever been a topic of conversation, like adjusting fields so that it's an I even think, playing field? I think so. Um, but, like, I, I think at uh, Minute Maid for the, heat, for the Astros, it's very deep in center field. And there used yeah. to be – I don't yeah. know if anybody remembers. There used to be a hill mm-hmm. in center field. Like, it would lead up to – it was at the very – like top, like the center point in center field that would lead up to the fence. Right. There's a full hill. That, that's so dangerous. That's horrible. That's so dangerous. Yeah, that that just doesn't – I feel like that would be something that would be a topical conversation to yeah. change that, adjust that, and make that or, or consistent. You, you can look at like a field like uh, the worst field in baseball, the Trop, where – it's called the Trop. It's Tropicana Field where the Rays play. They have – their ceiling is so low because it's a dome. Is so low that balls get stuck in it all the time. <laughs> That's not a joke. The Yankees were playing the Rays, and I forget who it was. He hits a ball, like a straight foul ball, straight up. And you see Garrett Cole, Gary Sanchez, and I think Gio Urshela, the third baseman, all standing there like, well, where's it going to come down? Where's it going to come down? And it just never comes down because it's stuck in the ceiling. How do you rule that? I think they rule it dead ball. That, that shouldn't be like. I agree. I, it should be a strike. Yeah. That. I don't know. It's it's so weird that a team like Tampa Bay, who's been in the World Series twice uh, that I know of, they lost to uh, the Phillies and then they lost to the Dodgers. Of course, was it no? They lost to the uh, no. Who did they lose to? The Dodgers, wasn't it? You're asking the wrong people. Yeah, they lost to the money. Dodgers. Yeah. They lost to them in the uh, the shortened COVID season. Oh yeah, no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> They lost to. Uh, they've been to the World Series. Is the point I'm trying to make? They're a good team. They're a good program. They're leading the AL East right now. They have the worst stadium in all of sports. It is so ugly. So, is there a chance to play in the World Series at that stadium? Yeah, that's that's horrible. Yeah, the yeah. World Series is it's, it's it goes back and forth. Two, right? three, three, two. It's the two hosting or the two teams in it, their stadium. So yeah, that's you go two so, three two. That's so stupid. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Their stadium is an eyesore. Like why? Yeah, I remember playing that on the show a long time ago. It's so and ugly. It's, it's so bad. And it's it only gotten dark. worse. It's only gotten worse. Like the roof was like pitch black up top. It's like a dark, grimy looking gray. It looks like a building like in a city that rains a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's what it looks like. Why are you looking up? I've seen what this ceiling looked like. It's dark. It's exactly. <laughs> um and it rains, yeah, so, it rains a lot here. Anyway. That's what a short porch is. It's a shorter portion of the outfield. Um, All right. You ready for your MLB? I'm sorry, your minor league teams? Yes, sir. Jackson, are you ready? Always. All right. So, your three teams, we have the Bradenton Marauders, the Bay Ridge Burrows, or the Bethel Park Ironworkers. Give them to us one more time. Bethel Park Ironworkers, Bay Ridge Burrows, or the Bradenton Marauders? You say the Buffalo Park or the Bethel Bethel Park? Bethel? Yeah, Bethel Park. It's right outside of Pittsburgh. Is it? Yes. Got a population of 32,000. You can look it up. I'm not picking that team. This is is hard. (laughs) This has been by far the hardest. All right, say them one more time and then we'll. The Bay Ridge Burrows. The Bradenton Marauders or the Bethel Park Ironworkers? I'm going I'm to go Marauders. Marauders. I'll go with Bethel Park. Bethel Park Ironworkers? Yeah. You are incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, you win. It's the Bradenton Marauders. They are a low-A affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they are located in Bradenton, Florida. 
All right, guys, that's going to wrap up the second episode of today. This episode will probably, you'll still hear this one a week after I release the other one. Um, I would like to say Josh and I have big things coming for this podcast. Uh, possible name change. Well, I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. Don't spoil oh, too much. And hopefully Jackson will still be able to come hang out. Yeah, well, Jackson's not defending our country. Um, I always am. If you see Jackson slowing out on the street, shake his hands, tell him thank you for your service. If you see Josh Ferrari, hand him a hoagie. Oh, what, do they, what do they call them in 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 Staten? They call them hoagies or heroes? Uh, the, the heroes. They call them heroes? I think yeah. they call them hoagies. Yeah, they're in Staten. No, I think heroes of Pittsburgh. I think they call them hoags. Anyway, if you see Josh, <laughs> if you see Josh Ferrari out walking around, hand him a hoagie because he misses Staten Island very deeply. Man, All if right. I, if only one of us were from Staten Island, so we could just fact check you. He's from Staten Island. His last name's Ferrari. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting on him to. To fact check you. That's why I don't know why he's questioning me. Isn't there a Sicily, Louisiana, too? Sicily Island. I don't know, Sicily but there's Island. an independence. There is. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch y'all around two weeks from now, but you will hear this. We will not go another week without a podcast. So Ever again. Thank you all. Um, yeah. Peace. Peace out. Peace.